Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Double Impact Healing and Deliverance Center of Christ podcast with your youth broadcast people of Double Impact that we have here, Prophetess Ebony Richardson. Hello. We have Minister Ivory Brown. Good afternoon. We have Minister Galen Cook. How y'all doing? And Sister Yvonne Tucker. God is so awesome, people of God. He is doing some excellent things in this season. And I know that's probably like something you kind of hear often, but when you really just get to know him and you really just hang in there, you know, God is amazing. So before we get started, uh, we're going to have, we're going to come forth with a word of prayer. Minister Cook. Father, we come before you just praising your holy and wonderful name. There is no one who can compare to you. You are matchless. You are infinite. And you are holy. We glorify you right now. We come and we just cast down everything within our hearts that's not like you. Every unyielded place, every disobedient place, every arrogant place. We cast it into the pit of hell from whence it came with all contrariness Mm -hmm. of spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And we give you the right of way to move and work on our hearts as you see fit. Yes, now, Lord, bring forth the word according to your will and purpose, O oh Lord. It's not by our power or our might, but it is by your sweet Holy Spirit. Yes. So have the right of way. We come against every attack and every interference right now. We overturn it back upon the enemy's own head. Every disturbance, we seal it upon him and forbid it to come nigh our dwelling. Let your word yes, come God. forth to be able to minister to the souls that have a need. And we just thank you for the thank increase. You. We thank you for the deliverance that you will do in their lives yes, and we glorify Lord. your holy and wonderful name in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen amen, amen. hallelujah so I want to um, start off with just sharing with you all like a blessing a, hum- a humongous major I'm, I'm, I'm like ready to combine the words you major blessing that the Lord uh, gave me we have a double impact well double impact is um affiliated with the Apostle Key Blanton Ministries. And so we have been doing these wealth symposiums monthly. And these wealth symposiums have been excellent and awesome. And sometimes when you're one of, I guess, like the field workers working it, you know, and it's more so of a, a job rather than you being an attendee or someone actively engaged, though you're actively engaged, you know, it can seem a bit different from your end or your portion, especially when some of the things that go forth are things that you have lived and things that, you know, have been already taught to you or said to you and you're sharing with the people. And so uh, within this last Wolf Symposium, um, I received a huge, huge deliverance. And um, before I go into that, I want to start with saying this, because sometimes people we got people got we just have to be transparent so that somebody else can get free. I was having a huge problem with unforgiveness. I was having a huge problem with grudges, murmuring, complaining, maliciousness. There was something can happen to me and I would be easily offended. And even though I would do my best to shake it, I would go outside. I would go denounce and I would pray and I would try to speak life over the person. And it would I would still be eaten up by this thing. This thing would still bother me and it would end up being frustrating and it would drive me into a place of like darkness where you almost can't see. And then the enemy would paint images of you in a prison. 
you can't do anything, you're mistreated any kind of way, and you know, even though there's these promises and that promises, these promises don't necessarily directly touch you, but it's for somebody else. And, you know, and you're waiting for this and you're waiting for that. And what you know best is the wait. And, you know, it began to be just such a hard place. And then even to the point of sometimes I'll be walking around, not realizing the atmosphere I'm causing because of the thoughts I'm allowing to have in my mind and the attitude and disposition I was holding and not realize I was even holding these dispositions in places. And I didn't want to be this way. I didn't want that. And, you know, years and years and years Mm -hmm. of dealing with this and years and just still being faithful to God, still being faithful in ministry, still doing the best that I can. I'm still would be struggling with this. And then some days I have mental problems to the point of it would be spiders, spiritual spiders crawling all over my brain. I'd be crawled, you know, like bent up in a corner, like crying and scratching at my head with these banshee wolf like cries. And so that my daughter wouldn't see these things, I would just go in my room and shut my door. But she's very uh, discerning. So when I would go in there and shut my door and lock it, I could sometimes hear her praying. We have a cockatoo. And so you know how the enemy moves. He knows this is a major deliverance and a testimony here. So because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. And so um, there would be just times where I would just have to kind of like shut down to almost contain a poison and it it, it was a very difficult difficult place and so um you know I was finally I was finally made free and God began to deal with me and as the way he began to deal with me is he began to uh set me on the forefront and test his love you know God had dealt with me in things that I believe you know in my own mind I fell from and so I know God had called me to all these things and all these positions. And you'd be like, I'm trying to carry this and carry that, Lord. And no, I don't will to fail, but it's a lot. And I'm I'm doing with what I can. I didn't realize that I was captive to fear of men's opinions. So I had a relative, some relative that came into the symposium that God been promising me he's going to save. God been promising me he's going to do it. And I've been in a wait period for that for over 10 years. And so when they came in, I understand the spiritual warfare because God has been dealing with me about principalities and things as an intercessor. And yet God has been putting a new heart, creating a clean heart, renewing the right spirit within me. And in doing so, he's been showing me his word and dealing with me in his word, which is sharper than any two edged sword. I want to go over that scripture. Um, and, and it talks about that sword, that word, this, that this so sharp that it separates, you know, the it separates the, the, the bones from marrow and joint. Let me let me get let me try to pull that up here. But that word is is sharp for a reason. It has to cut, it has to go deep. And as he's been showing me, the enemy is really the devil. The enemy is not people, it is a spirit, it is a captivity upon the mindset of a person. And so he's been dealing with me as far as pray for your enemies, love your enemies. And that's a hard place when I just told you, you know, I ball up in a corner with these spiritual spiders crawling on my head that would, you know, almost have me out, out there. And so it's like I would feel attacked. 
I be offended. Why is this person talking to me like this? Do they realize what I have to go through? Do they realize what I've done? Why are they taking advantage of me? And so um, Hebrews, starting at the fourth chapter, the 12th verse, I was looking at, you know, the 12th chapter, the fourth verse, but it's backwards. Hebrews 4 and 12 is, is for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So as God has been delivering me up to that place, it's, it's been oppressed. It's not easy when you are offended, when you are lied on, when you are mistreated. It has been a difficult place. You almost want to snap, crackle, pop because own understanding will look at the position of the person that's doing it. And you'll feel like you, you feel taken advantage of. But these are all carnal perspectives. And so as God has been piercing me with this sword through constant rebukes, through having to constantly press, through constantly being pushed and elevated at another level. Do this, do that, have this, have that. Uh, within the wealth symposium, when these relatives came in, I understood the atmosphere that they bring. And so immediately at my job as an intercessor was to watch out for the people of God. And so as God began to use me to pray, I'm sitting there silently just on my assignment, which was several assignments, because I'm also helping host the event. I'm also on the, you know, helping with the equipment. I'm also help watching the room. And so um, as I'm trying to pray in my mind and I'm, and I'm multitasking, then uh, my pastor, he pulls me forward. And when he did that, of course, my flesh had all these things to say. You got two armor bearers and a fiance right there. You go pull at me. They right there. Do you know what they're going to think? Then you got all these other people. What is supposed to happen? But I pressed past all those voices talking to me. And I began to stand in the place that God had given me the position, the, 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 the prayer and an intercessory. And as the Lord began to pray through me, he began to show how to pray against the spirit, against the captivity and not the person. And when you're able to separate the soul and spirit, you know, and God begin to show you to discern the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now it's less of you and more of him and of being focused. You know, you can't be foolish. You can't be distracted. So, you know, sometimes you have to keep that stone cold face and almost stare away so that you're focused in on the Lord. Because, you know, I got other bosses This hey, do this. And then you got other people in position looking at me like, is she stepping out of bounds? And yet you press in and do what God has told you to do. And so it was a, it was a great place of dying. And as a resort of the warfare being finished. The people were made safe and the family members were set free. It went from a warfare and a hatred and fiery darts being arrow to them lifting up their hands and receiving from the Lord. There was deliverance that took place with them. And so, you know, it, it was a blessing. But then, you know, the, the test even came for more. I'm pulled from here to do this and do that. And I'm like, Lord. It's almost making me hate this person at this point. And then I'm like, no, I'm not going back to that. And then, you know, the enemy was like, you know, they're going to reap what they sow. Yeah, but I'm not trying to look forward to that because I feel like that's still a place of malice, even though, you know, knowing that somebody's going to reap what they sow is inevitable. It's a, it's a part of the word. It cannot be, you know, destroyed. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will last forever. So it is what it is. But that's not what I'm hoping on somebody. I'm hoping for the mercy of God to show up and. In that hope, there's another deliverance that took place. And so when God delivered me from the hatred, 
He delivered me from the grudges. He delivered me from the malice, the offenses, the own understanding, the fear of men's opinions. And now he began to show me the hearts of those that have been offending me or I feel have been afflicting me. And now instead of seeing them as an enemy, God has been opening up and allowing me to see what's going on in their life to bring them to this point. You know, sometimes we can look at people and feel like, man, they got it all together and they got this. And you don't know the warfare in their mind. You don't know the pulls on the on these outside influences. You have no idea what's going on. And sometimes you take advantage of the fact that you're not called out for every assignment or thing you have missed. I had to apologize, and I'm not sure if I did or not. Maybe it was in my mind or heart. I'm not sure. But I had to apologize to, um, you know, somebody that's in authority because I'm like, God assigned me to assist them. So, you know, when one person goes through, we all go through. And so if I did my job better at assisting, not just naturally so, but spiritually, maybe the results could be a little different. So when I'm not doing my job, I am a weapon, an instrument of unrighteousness in the enemy's hand, their warfare is a fight against somebody else's soul. Now I'm a demonic gatekeeper because as an oracle of God, as a prophet, which is to set order and to do things, when you don't step up in that authority or in that realm or in that place, you leave a foothold for the enemy. And that's like blood on your hand. When you are not stepping up into the position that God has you, it's like now everything is haywire around you and you're in agreement with it only because you're not warring against it. So now there's it's, it's a Jezebelic spirit because it's manipulation, it's witchcraft, which is, you know, when you know truth, when you know truth. And you do otherwise it's sin. The Bible says it differently. But when you know truth and you don't do it, it's like being in agreement with a lie. And so when you do that and you're anointed and you know, right, the judgment is worse on you than it is on the world because the judgment starts at the house of God. So when you are in that place due to maybe deep hurts, insecurities, things that happen in relationships and things past, which God broke off of me in this symposium. When when you do that, you have to be able to assess a situation and see what did I do wrong? How did this happen? It can be as small as an error in communication, your lack of understanding. And so, you know, I have to apologize because it's like, man, some of these little simple things I could have stepped up and did and I didn't. And I, I, I repent because I don't want you feeling heavy. I don't want you weighed down. I don't want you boggled. I don't want to be a part of your problem, but I want to relieve the oppressed. And that includes my brother and sister and be a solution, not a pull. You know what happens when you pull and pull and pull and pull from a tree and never get back to it? You kill it. You kill it. And so if I'm supposed to be the light that standeth upon the hill, you know, that shineth in the darkness, then that means I'm doing whatsoever is right. I'm loving what God loves and hates what he hates and that I'm doing my best to reach towards the mark. No, it's not easy. But I truly believe the deliverances that took place was because of the press. Because of me saying, you know what, I'm going to show up anyway. I'm going to do this anyway. I'm coming forth anyway. I'm going to take these rebukes anyway. I don't know how they feel, but I'm going to do this anyway. And you know what, I'm going to just go keep going forth, and I'm going to do this anyway. You know, it's so easy for the enemy to magnify the person that has rebuked us, corrected us, or said something wrong to us, and never make mention of all the right that they've done for us. Never make mention of how they lay aside certain things to make sure you got what they sacrifice in order to be in that position and didn't have to still take up on your behalf and then having things to happen on the scene, out, out, of, out of scene that you don't see. 
And then you become ungrateful or unappreciative, unthankful. Before these deliverances had take place, where God had to dig up all this deep hurt, all of this rejection, rejected from, you know, past relationships that had failed, you know, um, being uh, rejected by certain family members, not having the relationship with uh, parents that I felt like should have been there. And just things that I taught myself were foundational principles and things that I learned from the world that was not according to God's standard. He had to break those things. And in breaking those things, man, it's been, it's been so liberating. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and then God will always try your heart. There were two situations that came about that usually frustrate me to a point where I get almost, you know, in that shell mode or, you know, real hateful or just get bound up. And that didn't happen because when the offense came, the Lord began to discern how the person felt that offended me, what they go through, what triggered that in them. Even when you are betrayed, people of God, you have to understand what is taking place. Understand the enemy that is in work. That's thinking he's going to get a two for one special, but not on you. It should get to a point where you are so in love and filled with the word of God and he's operating uh, through you that the devil is almost scared to offend you because he not uh uh you ain't gonna offend her because she gonna pray for you I ain't got time for that she kill us all mm -mm. next it should get to the that's why God tells you to love your enemies he brings about a person that has an enemy within them and when you deliver that word or when you do the word pouring those hot coals onto their head they get delivered and set free you get delivered and set free and you become empowered because it is a love that covers a multitude of sin. It is hatred that stirs up strife. You know, there's a word in James where it says, the wrath of God worketh not the righteous, uh, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. But before that, it talks about being quick to hear and slow to speak. You got to get a Holy Ghost time to paint the proper picture before you because Satan, Satan is real quick with putting up these smoke screens. He's real quick with projecting these images. So when you silent and you listening to this thing out, now you're not putting this demonic gasoline on it and letting this uh, strange fire fall down and consume the whole place and you too. Now you could come against this fire with the living waters in your belly. How is it that in the natural, you could put out a natural fire with water? What about in the spirit? Sometimes it feels like you can't walk in the spirit. You can't do this 24-7. Let me tell you something. There was something God put in me when I first began to hunger after him. And that was, I never, Ivana, I never ask you or tell you or command you to do something that you can't do. But now I'm realizing that I can't do it without him, even the simplest of things. So now that we got shows you this thing and God is pouring this into your thing. I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. It is what it is. We are summons to a fellowship. A woman of God, you know, Pastor Tamara Bennett said that God was showing her all these ways he wanted to use her and wooing her. And, you know, like most people, you open your eyes. Yes, Lord. And you get so emotional. Oh, yes, Lord. And. You know, not counting up the cost, not understanding the suffering that you're going to have to go through to be in that place, not realizing how you're not going to be liked by everybody, how you're going to be thrown under the bus, how you're going to be lied on, how there's going to be times where you don't have, you got to be content and still give out of what you don't have to somebody else. And so when she begins, I guess, realize some of those things, 
the Lord then said to her, you know, and if you don't want to do these things, well, you can just go to hell because you don't have a choice. And when she said that, you know, everybody got quiet and she said, don't look at me like I'm the only person he said that too, because if he ain't said it to you, it's coming. And I get it. God knows how to say something several different ways. A master of languages. That's just like in the natural sense. You got, you know, all these different languages, Spanish, French, English. And though they mean the same thing, they are said differently. And so God is a master at doing that to constantly water that seed to that he may put in the increase at that given time. So it's so important that we take healed and yield to God. Some things you got to yield to it when it just probably won't even make sense. It will sometimes seem unfair. But if you press in, God will see your contending, your faithfulness. And that's how you get the more of him because that's the goal, right? That's what the real blessing is. You know, when Jesus, it, when, when, when Jesus gave out the communion, it says he blessed the bread and then he break it. And then he gave it to the people. We look at blessing and we think of material things. We think somebody going to come give us some bread. And then the devil has a metaphor out there that bread and dough means money. And so we think that a blessing is a tangible thing. We think a blessing is being seen in a proper perspective. We think that a blessing is all tangible and just we forget about the spiritual aspect of it. That's where the real wealth and riches lie. It feels so good to be content. You know, it's my birthday and I'm working. And yet, even though own understanding and the devil keeps trying to send forth these people, all oh, you need to be partying. All oh, you need a cake. All oh, we finna do this. You be in the church. We all finna come to the church. Tell the church it's going down tonight. We gonna bring everything. It's like, huh? <laughs> you know, it's a carnal place. So I see the, the languages of the enemy that's trying to look to take me back. But now I can see their captivity and pray accordingly. Lord, break the traditions of men off their head. In the name of Jesus, come against the works and the systems of darkness in their bloodline, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, change appetites, God. Change desires, God. In the name of Jesus. Now you can see to pray against that enemy because ultimately that enemy had to have been somewhere in you. And now God has to send forth these tests to not just strengthen you so that you may come forth as pure gold, but to show you what's in your heart. There was nothing in common there. I was like, what? Like, you don't even know. We get drunk with the Holy Ghost. I could have came back carnally so and said, bring a gallon of water. It's going down. I'm going to take the administrator right now. I didn't do that. Because I know that there's a gift of God to blow on the water and healing and deliverance come through. And yes, there's a thing that happens, but that's according to his will and timing, not mine. God is not a toy or a flashy thing that I show off in front of friends. It is my job to stay positioned where he has me. And when these conversations come forth, I have an ear to hear, even if a person needs to unload and then say, thus saith the Lord. Like, huh, I know you're tired. There are trigger words and things God will do that will work on their soul. And when as that light shine, they will be drawn to Christ, that effective witness that is lined up. And then I go renounce and denounce that so that the enemy doesn't take me back captive. There's a balance, people of God. And so in constant warfare to keep and hold the mind of Christ that he has delivered unto me and to this day has shown me that the death ain't over. I'm still constantly having to die. And even not having to save my life, but constantly having the Lord to take it. Sometimes there can be an error in communication, people of God. And sometimes that error isn't your fault. But 
Are you going to fear men's opinions and try to break it down? Or are you just going to give up your life and say, you know what? I love them. And I'm going to just constantly pray for them. And then seeing that, seeing where the warfare is on their end and praying accordingly and allowing God to have his way. But if your heart is after things, it's after stuff, it is yoked up to false foundations and traditions of men, you won't be able to see God. This is, this is why it says in the scripture that it is easier. I mean, that it's difficult for a man, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. I noticed that it said rich and not wealthy because a person can think they're rich because as a man thinketh, so is he. Right. So because he has a six figure income and is liked by everybody wants for nothing, he is rich in his mind and spiritually bankrupt. And so it's hard for him to enter into the kingdom because he had he or she has all these husbands and wives, spiritually, naturally. So wife and a side chick or in the spirit, pride and lust and covetousness, manipulation and control. And they'll be tied to all these things. So when Jesus come with a hammer, with a rebuke and with truth to break that devil off of them with the word to set them free when they're in agreement with darkness and won't say, yes, Lord. <laughs> They can't enter in with all that stuff on them spiritually and naturally. They are overweight. This is why the word says lay aside every weight and the sin. So you have to lay uh, you have to lay aside, you know, the sin of idolatry, idolatry and the very act and desire of of, of doing that thing so that you can enter in. You know, a, a child is always an expectation for the parent to show up. They are very dependent upon the child. I thank God that he delivered me from that independent woman syndrome because it got to a point where I was so independent that I'm doing my works, my will, my might, my power. I'm doing this. I'm the life of the party. I'm the one with a click. I'm doing this. Me, me, me. I, 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 I. Not realizing that what the world is called a charisma is this Simon a sorcerer spirit where I'm drawing all men to me and not God. And so when God has to deliver you from that and break that upon, break that off your life, it can it can be almost a lonely place. I mean, because it is what it is. Like, but God, I can't go here. I can't do that. And he's doing these things to protect you so that you're not contaminated. He's doing these things to protect you so that that blessing that you're waiting for, that husband, that car, that house, you won't miss it because you're not like the world. When God deals with your character and your spirit, he adds then unto you because of your seek so that there is a balance. But he's not going to let you operate in wickedness. Use his name and then he bless you. Now, sometimes there's a season where God will bless you for his name's sake. But then that's when you are to repent, see your sins and turn away from it and turn unto the Lord. But if you thinking that, you know, he's doing this to protect you, your husband could be right around the corner, but he's got to destroy all these other husbands. He's got to destroy all these other works off of you so you don't miss it. So you don't contaminate him so that he doesn't have to cry out to God like like Adam you gave me this wife and she gave me this freaking poison man. And I did this because, huh? And I love her. I'm like, Please, I'll try to love her like the church. She trick us both. And this ain't no wife. She a trick or treat hoe. And this is how those things happen, you know? He, the enemy paints all of these wicked pictures, not making the person, making them speak against their promise. This was supposed to be your promise, your wife, your queen. But now you didn't got into seeing with her and messed up and uh, this, this trick or treat, this, this gang, you know, now she everything but the woman of God he didn't bless you with. Now she everything but the real. Now she a heart attack. You know, 
instill is so important that we shut up those gates. We shut up those portals. This is why marriages are failing. I see people and they're supposed to be married and they husband, best friend is a woman that really likes them on the low and they cry and pour out into her instead of the wife. And then they be looking at the wife crazy because they know things that they shouldn't know. And it's causing frustration on that relationship because really he has two lovers. <laughs> and so now it's causing damage to both of them. And eventually, if they don't get it right with God and he don't sanctify and purify and clean them both, they will be broken, deterred and uh, contaminated vessels and they'll just go and contaminate somebody else. So it's so important that we had a proper perspective of things that go on and the people around us. It feels so good to be in love, you know, because it gets to a point where it'd be like, you know, when I'm off, I'm off. Don't you call me. <laughs> when I leave this building, this, this is my time away from you. Don't don't ask me for nothing. Don't pull at me. You see me all day. You could ask me earlier. This is what it is. Yes, I'll do this. But when it's over, get out. Because you like, man, this is summoning my everything. This is all my life. But that's a selfish perspective because they need you. They don't know what you know. Iron sharpens iron. Folks will come up. They see you up. You know what I mean? It's it's the same way. You know, even as a straggler in the streets when I was unsaved, what drew me, what drew me unto certain uh prestigious or high class whores was what they had, how they carried themselves. And whenever I went out with them, I had to make sure I was clean. I had to make sure my hair was done. I had to make sure I was on point because they was on point. You know, though there were aspects of it that was unclean and there was a, a, a stumbling block there. You have to make sure that you maintain proper perspective of that which is going on. And to get that, you got to get before God. And I tell you, people of God, sometimes it's like, God, I got to give you all day. I got to give you all these hours. Don't you know I got stuff to do? You didn't gave me this stuff to do. And so now I'm trying to get this balance. How am I supposed to do that and do this? And once again, that's me to even say those things. I'm looking at my might and my power and not his spirit. And so if I come less dependent on me and more dependent upon him, we're getting ready to come forth for the part two.